0: European Hearts Journal, Issue at a Glance, Volume 38, Issue 35, Focus Issue on Cardiomyopathies, by Editor-in-Chief Professor Thomas Lucia. An Update on Cardiomyopathies, Immune-Mediated Diseases, Sarcoidosis, and Peripartum, and Hypertrophic Cardiomyopathies During Pregnancy. Although ischemic heart disease is a very common cause of heart failure, particularly that associated with reduced ejection fraction, diseases of the heart muscle and pericardium are also important. However, the underlying causes in the latter group of patients are much more variable and include genetics, inflammation and infection, pressure overload, among others, and so is their management. In a position paper from the ESC Working Group on Myocardial and Pericardial Disease, entitled Diagnosis and Management of Myocardial Involvement in Systemic Immune-Mediated Diseases, a position statement of the ESC Working Group on Myocardial and Pericardial Disease. The authors remind us that the myocardium is a critical target in systemic immune-mediated diseases even in asymptomatic patients with negative prognostic implications. Inflammatory and degenerative myocardial diseases markedly differ in type and frequency in individual systemic immune-mediated diseases. However, some general considerations and recommendations can nevertheless be made, and as such the authors provide a first orientation to cardiologists and physicians at large for selecting an appropriate multidisciplinary diagnostic workup as well as personalized approach setting the stage for future controlled studies. One type of cardiomyopathy is further discussed in a clinical review entitled Cardiac Manifestations of Sarcoidosis, Diagnosis and Management by David H. Burney and colleagues from the University of Ottawa Heart Institute in Canada. Approximately 5% of patients with sarcoidosis will have clinically manifested cardiac involvement, presenting with one or more of ventricular arrhythmias, conduction abnormalities and heart failure. Cardiac symptoms are usually dominant over extracardiac ones, as most patients with clinically manifest disease have minimal extracardiac disease and up to one-third have isolated cardiac sarcoidosis. It is estimated that another 20-25% to of patients with pulmonary or systemic sarcoidosis have asymptomatic cardiac involvement. The extent of pump dysfunction due to left ventricular but rarely also right ventricular dysfunction seems to be the most important predictor of outcome. Besides positron emission tomography, the extent of which myocardial late gadolinium enhancement is emerging as an important prognostic factor. Finally, patients with cardiac sarcoidosis may also present with a hypertrophic cardiomyopathy phenotype. The outcome of patients with clinically silent cardiac sarcoidosis is uncertain and larger studies are needed. Immunosuppression therapy, usually with corticosteroids, have been suggested for clinically manifest cardiac sarcoidosis despite minimal data supporting it. Patients with clinically manifest disease often need device therapy, typically implantable cardioverter defibrillators. Some forms of cardiomyopathy manifest in pregnancy, in particular in the peripartum period. Although its pathogenesis is not fully understood, genetic factors, a reduced STAT-3 expression, and an anti-angiogenic cleaved prolactin fragment has been suspected to be involved. The latter hypothesis is addressed in a fast track entitled Bromocryptine for the Treatment of Peripartum Cardiomyopathy, a Multicenter Randomised Study, by Denise hilfiker kleiner and colleagues from the Hanover Medical School in Germany. As experimental and first clinical observations suggested beneficial effects of the prolactin release inhibitor bromocryptine, they performed a multi center trial with 63 patients with a left ventricular ejection fraction of less than or equal 35% that were randomly assigned to one week of 2.5 mg bromocryptine or eight weeks, 5 mg bromocryptine treatment for two weeks. Followed by 2.5 milligrams for six weeks, in addition to standard heart failure therapy, left ventricular ejection fraction, as assessed by MRI, increased from about 28 plus or minus 10 percent to 49 plus or minus 12 percent with the one-week group, and from 27 plus or minus 10 percent to 51 plus or minus 10 percent in the eight-week group. Full recovery, as defined by an ejection fraction of greater or equal to 50%, occurred in 52% of the one-week and in 68% of the eight-week group, with no differences in hospitalizations for heart failure. Thus, bromocryptine was associated with a high rate of full LV recovery and low morbidity and mortality in peripartum cardiomyopathy patients compared with other peripartum cardiomyopathy cohorts not treated with the drug. The clinical implications of these findings are discussed in an editorial by Alexandre Mebaza from the Hôpital La Reboisière in Paris, France. Hypertrophic cardiomyopathy is a rather common genetically determined heart disease that affects both men and women. While clinicians mainly focus on the risk assessment and prevention of sudden death in these patients, females often require pre pregnancy counselling and targeted antenatal care. Although most women with hypertrophic cardiomyopathy tolerate pregnancy well, an increased risk of obstetric and cardiovascular complications has been noted. This issue is addressed in an article entitled Pregnancy in Women with Hypertrophic Cardiomyopathy. Data from the European Society of Cardiology-Initiated Registry of Pregnancy and Cardiac Disease, ROPAC. Jolien W. roos hesselink and colleagues from Erasmus MC Rotterdam in the Netherlands report the maternal and fetal outcomes at birth and after six months in a cohort of pregnant women with hypertrophic cardiomyopathy. All pregnant women with hypertrophic cardiomyopathy entered into the prospective Worldwide Registry of Pregnancy and Cardiac Disease were analysed. 60 pregnant women with a mean age of 30 years with hypertrophic cardiomyopathy, among them 42% with an obstructive phenotype, were included. No maternal mortality occurred, but in 14 or 23% of the patients, at least one MACE was noted. 9 or 15 percent due to heart failure, and 7 or 12 percent due to an arrhythmia, of which 6 were ventricular and 1 was atrial fibrillation. MACE occurred most commonly during the third trimester and postpartum period. Three women experienced fetal loss. 22 percent of women with MACE had an emergency caesarean delivery for cardiac reasons, but not on the patients without it. Of note, No significant differences in pregnancy outcome were found between women with obstructive and non-obstructive hypertrophic cardiomyopathy. NYHA functional class of 2 or higher and signs of heart failure before pregnancy were associated with MACE. Thus, although women with hypertrophic cardiomyopathy tolerated pregnancy well, cardiovascular complications were not uncommon and predicted by pre-pregnancy status. The implications of these findings for pre-pregnancy counselling and targeted antenatal care are outlined further in an editorial by Anjali Tiku Owens from the University of Pennsylvania in Philadelphia, USA. The editors hope that this issue of the European Hearts Journal will find the interest of its readers.